Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy, and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello, and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill, and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill, and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we are going to talk about lies, lies, and more lies that the food industry tell us, because it is insidious in everything, isn't it, Dan? I mean, it's everywhere, the lies. Bullshit everywhere, (laughs) as far as the eye can see. Hence why the nation is massively overweight and just confused about what they should eat. It's because it's a very well-designed system, a web of lies to keep you unhealthy and take money off you. Exactamundo. Um, so we've got some interesting things to talk about um, and, you know, things that you might suddenly start to notice um, as you become more aware of what's going on out there. But it's it's well worth paying attention to adverts that are starting to get pushed and news and things like that, isn't it? It's like, go follow the money, right, Dan? Yeah, there's a. we're going to mention quite a few different things. Some of them have been around for years, um, but there's particularly one which we're going to talk about, which is the meat alternatives, which is kind of a new one. Mm-hmm. And now, like you said, if you start watching adverts and seeing product placements in supermarkets, you're going to notice these meat alternatives are becoming more and more pushed down our throats, pun not intended. But there's a reason for that. So we're going to dive into that. So yeah, some of them have been around for ages. But this meat alternative one is probably the reason why we're doing this podcast, to be honest, because that's if we can warn you now about what's going to happen, you should really have a solid idea of what these things can do to your health because it's not good and and it's coming thick and fast and there's there's a big agenda behind it. Cool. Oh, I'm excited to get into that bit. But first, let's go for some, um, that's something to look forward to. So you have to listen to it to, right to the end, right? That's our um, hook for the day. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll speak about that at the end because that's the main one, but it's really interesting. And so interesting. again, if you can if you can get the real information now before it kind of comes too late and it becomes in your subconscious that these things are good for you, then I suppose that's, that's our job for today is to <laughs> convince people that these things are not good. So yeah. we'll, we'll you know how it. when you like, Suddenly, you know when you listen to the radio all the time like I do and then all of a sudden you know the words to a song and you're like how do I know the words to this song or you hear it somewhere else and you start singing along and you're like how do I know the words it's because it like suddenly they were saying like a song has to be listened to about seven to ten times before people actually start recognizing that 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 song so that's why the record companies push them out to the radios beforehand isn't it so it it starts to infiltrate into your subconscious so that you don't even know it's there until all of a sudden you're like singing, you know, all the words and you're singing along. So that's why that's, that's quite a good analogy, isn't it? Really? That suddenly you're just there, you know, the song, you're singing along to all the words and you are, you know, buying the record and that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. So we are the pattern interrupt where the, where the emergency broadcast coming on the radio will tell you to stop <laughs> listening to that song. You're going to see all these meat alternatives. It's just, it's an advert here. Like it's a few adverts kind of now. And you see a few of them in the supermarket, but that's just kind of in the next two, three, five, ten 10 years, yeah, it's going to get more and more and more and more until you realize it's just the norm. And that's what you're expected to do. But let's try and interrupt that pattern now and realize that 
actual meat and animals is what's better for us. Okay, so we'll get into that in a bit, but let's go for some law, lie and fruit, Dan, as my old boss used to say. The old gold. (laughs) Yeah, so the easy ones. So uh, there's some, let's go for the easy ones that we've probably talked about before. Low fat crap. Yeah, this one's an easy one. We've we've done a whole episode on this whole low fat. People think fat makes you fat, but what a load of crap, okay? Low fat, high crap. Take the fat out, put the sugar and the chemicals in. Just going to make you 10 times worse off. Yeah, and all those chemicals that they replace like fat with are not good for you. Your body knows how to deal with fat, right? So it can use it. That's what your hormones are made out of. If you reduce all of your fat out of your diet and replace it with all these chemicals, firstly, your body's got no nothing to make, make your hormones out with. So you will become imbalanced you've got all of these crap this crap chemicals running through your system which end up in your liver so your liver has to detox your body which is its job so the liver is working on over processed food so then it can't do its job of regulating your systems and cleaning everything else out and it's just it really affects your hormones and everything else like so so for me let's say I always have I was half on about skin liver and the skin are closely connected if I eat a diet full of crap my liver would be too busy to getting rid of all the additives to actually focus on detoxing my skin yeah like fat is one of the three macronutrients you kind of just eliminate one third of a human's diet and expect to not suffer the consequences so you have fat protein and carbohydrates that's like all of a sudden if you just um start taking the the protein out of food and replace it with sugar, it would just seem abnormal, wouldn't it? But that's exactly what they're doing, taking fat out, because people associate the word fat with body fat. So you think, oh, it's zero fat, I'll have zero body fat. It just doesn't work like that. And like you say, when you take one third of the macronutrients out of your system, you're obviously going to suffer the consequences. You're going to put on body weight, you're going to suffer hormone problems. It's just that signaling of the word fat. But again, like most things, if you follow the money, there's a reason why it's been done. There was a big push early last century telling people to stop eating fat and things like eggs and red meat and bacon and have grains and low-fat products instead. And this was all just pushed out by fake science, pushed by the grain companies. So people just believed what they saw on the telly by these by these um, biased studies. Meanwhile, the rates of diabetes, obesity, health epidemic just went through the roof. So we eat in low fat, but our health's getting worse. There's just a direct correlation. Trust the science though, Dan, we've been told we've got to trust the science. Yeah. Just where's the science getting funded from? That's the thing. (laughs) Exactly. The scientists told us that tobacco was very good for us and even pushed it to pregnant women. Right. So, and Coca-Cola was good for us. (laughs) And, um, all that other stuff. Yeah, exactly. You just, I would go as far as say, don't trust the science, do your own independent <laughs> research. Do your own. Stuff, yeah, and yeah. Follow, follow the money. But I understand it is very, very difficult because just who do you trust these days? I mean, before you used to just trust what you saw on the television, then the mm. internet came around and you thought, oh, that's a, rev- it's a, you know I mean? A revolution. You can do your own independent research, but even the internet just gets censored probably more than the television these days. Yeah. So it, it is a difficult one, but 
It's difficult. So when mm. we're going in, we're talking about fat, which is a macronutrient. Another macronutrient is carbs. And a lot of people go on these low carb diets and stuff and carbs. You can't just cut carbs out of your life, right? So that, that your body needs them for energy. Yeah, I think this is a big one in in the fitness industry um, in particular. The the fat one is, I think it's across the board. It's, it's people who, they just think low fat is better for you. Yeah. But the whole carb one is generally people who are on crash diets who are in the fitness industry who want to get really, really lean. I mean, even those people who think they're eating low carb, they studied vegetables every day, which is just a fibrous carb. Yeah, there's carbs in vegetables. Yeah, but it's people who cut, uh, you get things like potatoes, like these starchy carbs. If you eat, yeah, if you eat excess of these all the time, you, you're probably going to increase body fat over a long period of time. But if you just eliminate them altogether, you, you might struggle for energy. There's a there's a place for having low carb if, if that suits your metabolism. But for just a blanket statement to go out there and say carbs are bad for you, it's just stupid. Again, why would they exist in nature? Why would they be one of, why would they be 33% of our macronutrient intake with protein and fat? If they were that bad for you, they wouldn't exist in nature. <laughs> but they do, exactly. potatoes wouldn't exist if they were, <laughs> if they killed humans. Okay. We just, we wouldn't eat them. They wouldn't taste nice. So yeah, again, it's just, it's normally broad generalizations to make money from a, a certain company. Yeah. Next one, sugar is bad for you. Now, sugar isn't necessarily bad for you. Your body needs sugar, right? So, but it's excess sugar and the types of sugar that are bad for you. Yeah. So um, things like hidden sugar and stuff, we're probably not designed to eat as much sugar as there is available. If you think about how we evolved, you know, berries and fruits, they're high sugar, but they're good for you, right? But in nature, they're only available at one time of the year. And you can't really, if, you, if you're living in the wilds, you can't really freeze them <laughs> for later on. You would just have them at the time of the year that they were available to you, yeah? So you wouldn't be eating strawberries and blueberries and things all year round. So it's kind of like we've overdosed on the sugar and it's in everything else as well. So sugar in itself isn't bad for you, but it the balance of it is bad for you. It occurs in nature, in healthy food. So it is good for you. If you yeah, if you eat seasonal fruit, so when the literally when the apples fall off the tree, or when the berries are ripe, that's or when you can access honey, which is probably not in the winter. So yeah, because these types of sugar occur seasonally, and they have nutrients coming with the sugar, and you're not eating like massive quantities of them either. So you, when you were saying it's it's the type of sugar, yeah, if you're eating processed cane sugar every day in the form of like chocolate and stuff like that well there's no nutrients it's just pure processed sugar and the quantities are crazy i think it's over maybe just over 100 years ago the average person in the uk and america had was a five pounds of sugar a year and now it's up to something like 250 pounds a year when if someone put that in front of you which is about that's about 120 kilos of sugar so you know everyone's experience holding a, a one kilo bag of sugar like that's that is a lot of sugar and you think the average person has 120 of those a year because they're hidden in everything from low fat yogurts to putting the sugar in your tea to that occasional bar of chocolate to that bottle of lucozade 
it's in everything in mass quantities as well and it's very addictive hence why the the consumption has gone through the roof but again it just leads to so many health problems and so much weight gain whereas if we just stuck to seasonal fruit which has a little bit of sugar but has the nutrients to go with it totally different story so yeah sugar in itself isn't bad if it's natural but when it's consumed in like excess quantities with no nutrients it's pretty lethal to be honest isn't it yeah and as you get older if you're a woman um it can wreck your hormonal system as well because every time you eat sugar or a high carb kind of like a starchy thing that gets turned into sugar into your body that releases insulin which as you get older your body becomes more insulin resistant so more insulin has to get released to have the same effects and if you're stressed at the same time as well and cortisol and insulin are in your system at the same time your body becomes a fat storing machine that's why we have all this belly fat um men get it too so it's not just women it ha- it's more observable in women but you do see men with a lot of belly fat and that is can you you know like dark players darts players you know the traditional because they're drinking a lot of alcohol which is sugar and they're not moving enough so that insulin response is still there they're probably in quite stressful match times and they cortisol, also they're just turning into a fat storing machines rather than fat burning machines because not moving much you don't move much when you play darts do you just your arm yeah that's not like the darts very heavy it's not like you're getting weight training in, is it <laughs> The but way training a, comes from lifting the pint. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good point you make about the the men with the beer bellies because this is one of the points I was going to come to a little bit later, but we'll jump on now. So I don't know whether this has come from I suppose it has come from kind of propaganda and programming, and it's like a societal push that beer is this manly manly thing. Okay, women drink wine, men drink beer. That's more of like a Western thing, I would say, like UK, mm. USA type of thing, but. Yeah, drink a, drinking a few beers every night makes you manly. Have a beer with the boys. Like, it's okay now and again, but if you're doing it every night, beer is one of the things that makes you least manly. So it's filled with phytoestrogens, and you end up with a, a big beer belly and man boobs, <laughs> but you've got all this excess estrogen in your body, which is essentially a female hormone like the, with the regards to the ratios. But they're not even real. It's not even real estrogens. Phytoestrogens, which just... It just wrecks your whole system. So if you think you're a man and you're having a few beers every night, whee, and, you, and you've got man boobs and a belly, like what type of a role model are you having for the younger generation? Like that's that's acceptable. No, it's not. Have a have a beer now and again with your with your friends, but having a big beer belly and man boobs and, and just wrecking your health—that's the most unmanly thing. It's so unmasculine. Just ignore that. Like you need to take responsibility for your own health and realize the consequences of what you're doing now are going to have for later generations as well because if this kind of cycle keeps going the next generation is going to think having loads of beers and having man boobs is, is normal but again we've spoke about common and normal and those are two different things so that needs to change doesn't it yeah moobs not a good look <laughs> it's not a good look yeah it's unfortunate really you do see a lot of men with these big distended bellies um you also see them a lot with hernias because you can see usually their tight tops are stretched across. So I'm mm-hmm. always, you know, as in observational mode, going to my husband, I don't you think he knows he's got a hernia? Because <laughs> um, it's the same thing that happens in pregnancy um, that you see with these big 
bellies. It's one of the early signs of kidney failure as well, actually, because the kidneys can't cope with the amount of stuff that's going through. So there's a lot of health implications around that as well, isn't there? So yeah, but you're right, phytoestrogens. Phytoestrogens are bad for women as well because they wreck that finely, more finely tuned than men. So you can just tip yourself over the edge into a hormonal imbalance. I was just reading a really good article today, a good um, research paper about how um, exposure to heavy metals, so like arsenic and lead, so lead you can breathe in, arsenic you can take in from foods it's on pesticides uh, it's in water sometimes as well um and it can bring on an early menopause so it can reduce the time from about like two years so quite interesting really that you don't think of these things as having an effect but they really do like you know late, maybe later on in life so yeah we think when we eat food it's that kind of direct effect like instant which it pretty much is but it's, I suppose it's harder to make a correlation when it happens over like a 50 year period. Yeah, exactly. If, if, yeah. yeah. But if, if there's research there, it kind of does make sense because you are what you eat, not just short term, but long term. Mm-hmm. So yeah. interesting. Um, what else have we got? Calories. So Dr. Tim Spector's calories per serving and how many calories are in food. He says that's just a very blunt tool um because how do they know how does they know how quick your metabolism is how you know at different times you'll burn calories differently so it doesn't really it's not really about the food it's about your body keeping your body nice and healthy to be able to burn the calories they're just an indication um so all these people who are obsessively can calorie count and sometimes it might not work in their favor because that might burn calories faster than what you would or vice versa yeah, there definitely comes an element of knowing your own body. I think yeah. if you know your own body and how you respond to different foods and kind of different times of the month and different activity levels, calorie counting probably can work, but it's a bit more of a science than I think we've been told. So mm. it's it has its benefits. Like if you're, if you're going from an unhealthy lifestyle and you just want to start tracking what you eat, it can give yeah. you a bit of like structure. That probably works well. But I think when you say, you know, when you go to a restaurant and it sometimes tells you how many calories is in a certain meal, like you don't know how much oil it's being cooked in. Mm. You don't know what type of oil it's being cooked in. Like, did he really measure everything in the in the kitchen at the back? So, yeah, there's a lot of broad kind of generalizations. I think there's yeah. good, and, good and bad for that one. But yeah, I think we've been led to believe that it's a yeah. lot simpler it's, it's not a, an exact science is what we've been led to believe and sometimes they go calories per serving let's say you bought a bottle of coke you've got calories per serving and then they look at how many then you've got to look at how many servings are in the bottle so it might be you've just downed the bottle and that was 24 servings in that bottle yeah it's just a load of shit the way they do that i, I don't know how they, <laughs> how they possibly get away with it because like, calories per serving but you buy a can of coke no one's going to have a quarter of a can of coke are they? <laughs> exactly Every, a can like, of coke's probably about two servings yeah it's, it might say two or three servings on the back but yeah. it's just so stupid like why do they do that even for things that are really small which are like two, two bites calories per serving so yeah oh there's only 50 on the on the on the packaging on the front only 50 calories per serving well, why don't you just put how many calories are in the whole bag? Because that's exactly what everyone's <laughs> going to do. They shouldn't be allowed yeah. to do that. Like a little bag of crisps is like calories per 100 grams and the bag's like 200 grams. And, and then you could yeah. be like, you've got to work yeah. it all out, haven't you? They, they get round stuff so uh, cleverly, really, don't they? You know, and you by the time you've eaten the bag and then looked at the back and you're like, oh, shit, that was like three calories, yeah. three servings. 
just yeah. down the whole bag. It's it definitely it comes down everything in life, food, everything comes down to personal responsibility and looking after yourself and doing the research. But there's also an element of like you do you do get led astray by marketing massively. Like it's a, it's definitely a two way street. But yeah, that one annoys me. It's just, it's just absolute stupid. <laughs> Yeah, so be aware. Awareness, that's what we're uh, always talking yeah, about, isn't yeah. it? Um, so what else have we got to talk about? Uh, Fruit-flavoured things. This is another of my bugbears, fruit-flavoured, because my son's always coming and going, man, it's got orange in it. And I'm like, that thing has never seen an orange in its day. It's just chemically flavoured. It's like when they put stuff in shampoo and just say flavourings and colourings and stuff. There's like fruit-flavoured no fruit has been involved in the making of that thing. The strawberry flavor has fifty different chemicals in. Yeah. In like in in like these sweets, but by for some strange reason, again question everything. You don't. They don't have to label all those chemicals which are in the strawberry flavor. They just put if on the back of the ingredients. If they just put strawberry flavoring, that's that's fine. But if you were to see what was actually in those, if you label those 50 different chemicals, which make that so-called strawberry flavor, which doesn't even taste like an actual strawberry, just has a red <laughs> packet on it, which signals you think it's strawberry. Yeah. Um, you would be amazed. You wouldn't be able to even read the chemicals. The, the, the names are that complex. Trust me, it does not sound like food. And they'd probably have to make the packaging twice as big just to get all the bloody words yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And remember, arsenic smells like almonds. Oh, really? I'm big on the arsenic today, aren't I? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got a very sweet smell, has arsenic. So mm. maybe they are sneaking it in and things that, you know, in tiny amounts that they can get away with. You know, you just don't know, do you? Um, what else have I got? Da- protein bars. This is another, this is one of my bugbears. Protein fucking bars. I mean, right. So I was in the shop, right? There's a big bag of nuts there. Just regular nuts, like Brazil nuts for about a pound for a massive bag protein highly labeled protein bag which was just nuts (laughs) twice the price half the size you could have just gone to the next next aisle and bought a big bag of nuts but because they were high protein marketing exactly the same product twice the price half the half the size yeah i think this is we we spoke earlier about the whole the fitness industry has a lot to answer for as well they just mm. push the word protein on everything. But again, this comes down to protein bar. Okay, yeah, protein's good if you want to build muscle, you know what I mean, fire your metabolism up. Look at the ingredients. Normally, it's just soy, bits of soy in there. And soy is so massively produced. Okay, it destroys the environment. Really Fight bad, particularly estrogen. particularly for males. Again, so they go, oh, I'm having this 30, 30 grams of protein in this protein bar. When really you've just had a couple of bits of mass-produced soy, which is no good for you. Your body can't even process it. You've just paid twice the price, or you've probably paid the same amount as I don't know a decent chicken breast or a piece of st- piece of steak. Again, it's just we need to be independent, do our own research, have a look. You wouldn't sit down and eat a big piece of soy instead of a steak, would you? So why would you have it in a protein bar? Just just that word signals you that you think it's going to be good for you, but you're a load of shit. You're better off getting some <laughs> some beef jerky or some biltong or something like that for a quick yeah. snack. Yeah, I can't remember when I used to come to the gym with big bags of biltong. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> I used to love it. Um, yeah, so uh, let's just go back to soy, phytoestrogen. 
So again, it's not good for some women, in particular with uh, breast cancer. It, um, estrogenic breasts, some cancers are triggered by estrogens. Uh, for men, we talked about the feminization of men by uh, phytoestrogens. There's another one, soy can do that as well. Um, so yeah, you've got to watch out for these things, right? Yeah, don't be a soy boy. A soy have boy. A, have a fire and have a fucking <laughs> steak, yeah. Yeah, and the thing with soy is like, it's, there is one type of soy that's good for you. It's the fermented version of it, I think. Oh, is that tofu? I can't remember. There's, there is one type of soy that's all right. Um, yeah, but like, I, I bet that's not in protein bars. <laughs> no, I think it's very expensive as well. <laughs> it would be the equivalent of like a good steak, you know, like mm. um, I think it's fermented soy. I, I need to check. But um, so some type of soy is okay, but yeah, high produced soy is just as bad as highly produced anything i've got a couple more before we get to the big meat alternative one uh the food pyramid you look at any government food pyramid what a lot of absolute shit if you look at this the state of the nation how many people are overweight with diabetes and syndrome x and obesity and then you look at the food pyramid and the information that's going out there it literally tells you to eat protein and healthy fats not much of them but eat a shitload of pasta, rice, bread, get your whole grains, fill, fill up on those first cereals. They're just full of processed carbohydrates, which we've, which we've already said, you do need some degree of carbohydrates in your system in a healthy version. But if you're going to make it like 70% of your diet to be processed grains, it's just going to wreck your metabolism. You're going to put on body weight. You're going to be hungry all the time. And it's just, I don't know how they get away with it. It just it just creates illness in people. Well, we can see that it has. <laughs> it There's has a direct correlation. Yeah. A little direct correlation, yeah. And we all know what Dr. Kellogg's um was invented his cereals for, don't we? Because I've mentioned it in another podcast. Shall I mention it again? Come on then, yeah, remind us. <laughs> so Dr. Kellogg's, he um invented cereals as a, a plain food to stop young men from masturbation because he thought they were getting excited by foods. And oh, yeah, you said, yeah. He, he was Victorian, very Victorian. Thought that it was too excitable to eat a bit of meat. <laughs> it would send young men off in a frenzy. So, uh, yeah, plain foods, plain cereals, avoid masturbation. There you go. Yeah, trouble is it stops you, it stops your meat from working if you can eat too much of this shit. If you start avoiding, if you start eating all these fake meats and you drink beer full of estrogen... And you eat grains all the time. <laughs> and you know what? Like, I mean, we're laughing, but erectile dysfunction in young men and massive. fertility problems is massive, isn't it? So Absolutely huge, yeah. It's not, it's, and people don't realise that. It could be the diet that's affecting, like you don't correlate erectile dysfunction with diet, do you? But it's a big driving factor. Yeah, well, Paul had that guy in his, his podcast, he was the, one of the biggest vegan promoters in the world. He had a huge blog. He was, you know what I mean? He was the face of veganism, mm-hmm. which is a, is a dietary choice. Again, people are free to make their own choices. Um, but this guy then eventually started having health problems. His protein intake was really low. He was just going along with the dogma of being a vegan because that was his kind of lifestyle he created. Eventually, he got all these health problems and he, he made the decision that he was going to um, eat meat again. But one of the problems he was suffering was erectile dysfunction. So I think he said the first day he had a 
some eggs and a piece of wild salmon. And that night he had a wet dream. He got an erection in the middle of the night and had a wet dream. It was like his system just came back alive again. So like people love, like I tell that story to people and they often snigger and say, blah, blah, but that's like literal direct correlation between what your body wants and like having a, a healthy kind of sex life and having a healthy erection is a very strong sign of being a, a fit man you know what I mean exactly it's like it's a it's little like bit embarrassing a, to talk about but it's like it's so obvious well it's like women's menstrual health that's been classified now as your fifth vital sign like after blood pressure cholesterol all, all that kind of stuff and for men it, it is isn't it it's like if you've got erectile dysfunction that's one of your fifth vital signs that has that's not there that shows that there's a problem isn't it any fertility problems is a problem absolutely yeah and then I suppose that kind of leads me on to the next problem, the uh, next um, thing as well. This is kind of, because you were speaking about erectile dysfunction things, that's why um, Viagra sales are like, they're record levels, aren't they? Mm. Um, which is kind of a supplement. And again, another problem in the whole food industry, the supplement industry over the past 15 years has exploded with companies promoting that, take this supplement, it's going to solve this problem. It's not just a this for that approach. And we've been led to believe that just taking this magnesium or just taking this vitamin C is going to solve your problems. You're just taking the money out of your hands and it just does not work like that. You're better off eating whole foods which have a variety of different nutrients and vitamins and minerals because it's just a stab in the dark. How many people, I've done it myself, this is why I can talk about it, think, oh, that sounds really good. I'll just, I'll have this vitamin D supplement. Great, that's going to solve all my problems. It just doesn't work and you just left just out of pocket and just, but then a couple of months later you go and see a different advert and you do the same thing. <laughs> this Save is the answer money. to all my problems. <laughs> Save your money. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like you have to do what I did when I went to Lee and get properly tested for what vitamins you actually are deficient in, if any. Um, like, I don't know if I've said this before, when um, Lee tested me, I don't have any of the um things that traditionally a person who suffers from a skin like eczema would have so if i hadn't got tested he would have just been treating us as the same as everyone else but of course yeah. i'm not <laughs> yeah it's that one size fits all approach that's that's bad there is some very highly scientific research that can be done and there are some high quality supplements out there which do work so and you've experienced this but it's not easy to diagnose your, what your body needs which supplements yeah. you need like a, a really skilled coach like lee to talk you through it and do some some like lab testing you kind of just go to holland and barrett and look at the three for two sale and think that that's gonna fix you yeah and also the supplements that i get off late are like 70 quid for oh, a bottle yeah, 100 yeah. quid for a bottle they are not off the shelf things that you would get the like massively um you know high grade high quality stuff that you know, is actually going to do the job. <laughs> yeah, this is, when I was younger, I used to fall for it a lot and I've, I've eventually learned my lesson. I used to think Holland and Barrett was like this great place where it solved all your problems <laughs> and I was like a health guru, which I suppose to some degree, it was a step up from just not caring about my health. At least I thought I was doing the right thing. But then you read into it more and you realise they're they just scamming you, so. Yeah, it's a good place. Yeah, you say it's a good place to start an entry point, isn't it? And then, yeah, um, yeah. And then, you know, once you start finding out what you actually need, then 
you're better off getting if you have got serious like problems get getting it analyzed and seeing what the crack is with it yeah okay then should um, we have you got any more should we move on to i think the... i've moved i think i'm done now okay so let's go down let's go into this whole new world part of the new world order the new world order the great reset yeah are we allowed to say things like that fuck it's too late i'm not i'm not editing it out <laughs> okay so the <laughs> what we said at the start of the episode about the the meat alternatives so there has been meat alternatives around i think the original one which most of us have heard of is probably corn mm. how long has that been around for maybe 10 90s yeah so for a long time that was the only one which i'd ever heard of Mm. And to be honest, most people who at Quorn, they got ridiculed for it. Mm. But now if you notice, every single big company that produces meat are also producing alternatives. They even package it like meat. So vegan sausages and vegan burgers or vegan steaks. Why do you need to call it a steak or a sausage or a burger? Those I don't are meat. wonder that. Like, what if you're vegan? Why do you need products. a sausage? Yeah. Well, it's it's that kind of um, it's that association you have with food. If mm. you're trying to make the the transition, so you think, oh, it's a burger. It must be nice. It must taste like a burger. But if you now notice, watch adverts, and you you go in the supermarket, you'll notice there's lots of new companies promoting these meat alternatives, which which tell you that they're really healthy. And now we're starting to hear that. In America, they're trying to ban people from eating red meat or having a red meat um, limit every year. This, again, for men in particular, is just going to wreck your hormonal system. These meat alternatives, if you look at the ingredients list, it's like a can of dog food. It's absolutely horrendous, okay? Our human DNA is meant to eat wild meat, okay? It's got all the vitamins and nutrients, proteins, fats, these meat alternatives are just an absolute load of crap, okay? And it's a big money-making system, okay? It's going to make your health worse. It's going to take the money out of your pocket, and it's going to get the billionaires even more money because you'd be surprised to hear people like Bill Gates have a massive investment in these companies. I think you were saying he's been buying land. He's, the he's now the biggest landowner in America, Bill Gates is. Biggest landowner. So you're going to grow these artificial crops like soy, so you might buy these um, vegan burgers, okay? But it's you might it might say it's still got thirty grams of protein, but if it's got thirty grams of pesticide ridiculed soy, what is that going to do to your endocrine system and your hormonal system? It's going to absolutely destroy it. But if you read the label, it's a healthy alternative to meat, and you're saving the planet and you're saving the poor animals. Meanwhile, the human race is just being crippled. Testosterone levels of men have never been as low, okay? We've already spoke about erectile dysfunction. So just don't fall for it. It's just an absolute load of crap. Eat healthy red meat. Get out and exercise. You know, stop drinking as much beer. Like we've been told to not be men. You need to get out there. And to some degree, it's kind of, it's like a decline in the human race. If people kind of reproduce and the hormonal systems are wrecked, where do we go from there? It sounds far-fetched, but if the last couple of years have shown us anything, like nothing is as far-fetched really. It's devolution, isn't it? I'm going it's, backwards. Yeah. And like I'm reading this really good book and I recommend everyone read it or listen to it. I'm listening to it on Audible. It's called What the Oneness Versus the One Percent by Vedanda Shiva. And oh my God, it's the best uh, best book I've listened to. I think I might have to buy it now because I keep doing this on Audible, do you? <laughs> I keep it's, using it's hard my to, 
it's hard to bookmark stuff it's yeah hard. like yeah. and then i start listening to a book and i'm like i need to read i am a proper bookworm as you know reader i've got loads of books so even on audible i keep buying them on audible then buying them in real book form as well but she's oh honestly it's amazing so she was saying i can't remember the exact figures because i haven't got the book in front of me but it was um in the 1980s there was something like 500 of the like top millionaire billionaires whatever they were at the time then in the 1990s it went down to 300 then in the 2000s it went down to 100 it's now down to like five people who are billion the top billionaires and they are like miles ahead of anyone else who's like the sort close like sixth and seventh are like well behind these five people and they are basically controlling that they're the one percent they are controlling the rest of the world it's scary and they're controlling it via economic and infrastructure you know they'll own half of the big pharma companies they'll own the biggest food manufacturing companies so what is in their interests is to send out more processed food make us more reliable on big pharma do all that kind of stuff they're not working for our benefit they're working to make more money and that's their money-making machine so they can jet off into space and do all that kind of shit while wrecking the planet that we live on and that's kind of what she's talking about like they could fix world poverty they could end it they could end the whole covid crisis totally by you know with, pumping with money a, into system a fraction of the money they have exactly yeah. but what do they do they spend their money on going into space and wrecking other planets so like why can't they just look at the planet that we're on anyway that's my rant for the day but that's what this book is about and it's amazing she's like a seed geneticist and talking about how controlling of the seeds because um obviously farmers need seeds to grow things and um this one percent of people are now starting to buy up all the seeds like bill gates to plant his shit farms and uh, <laughs> that's what we're going to call them now hmm. <laughs> the bill gates shit farms and he controls the world seeds like that should freak everybody out that one person controls all of this stuff it's scary to think how globally and how long term these people think yeah so they literally think 40 50 years 100 years ahead like generational control because nothing just happens overnight. The and and they work together as well. Mm. So the they'll do things like they'll band together and they'll put disinformation out there. And then because the the these trillionaires, people trust what they say. And then they might they might crash the stock market for their own benefit. And and these things happen, like you you saw with Bitcoin. Some of these um ultra millionaires came out and within a couple of months they all started poking fun at Bitcoin, putting propaganda out there about cryptocurrency, saying it's a load of shit and all this type of thing. So all the crypto market crashed. Who bought it up when it crashed? Elon Musk, Bill Gates. Mm. So they crashed the market and then they buy it all at cheap and inflate it again. And they just make billions and billions. So they have very sinister intentions. They don't care about us. Like you said, no. they've got so much money that could solve world hunger. They could put wells in every african village easily meanwhile they're not paying any taxes okay amazon don't pay taxes richard branson's flying around in space last year he was he was trying to get a bailout from the uk taxpayer yeah and he was suing the nhs for not giving him a contract i mean what's all that about trying to sue the nhs 
but he's up there flying around in orbit, delivering um, delivering speeches, trying to inspire the kids to go one step further. But if they all banded the money together, they could fix Earth. They don't have to go to another planet. They could fix Earth and make it a nicer place. So I'm not saying that the if they make money as a as a good business, like everyone, if they work hard and they're intelligent and you make money, fair play. Like that's that's a good way to progress human evolution, really. But pay your taxes, <laughs> okay? Don't lie to us. Don't make the world a worse place with all the money you've got. Yeah, but from where we started, this all meat alternative, a lot of these billionaires, they have massive investments in fake meat, so don't fall for it. It will not make you healthier. It'll just line their pockets even more. Yeah, and just while we're talking, well, we're not talking about it anymore, but we have been talking about erectile dysfunction. I just remembered something. Guess who makes Viagra? Bill Gates. Pfizer. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so we've got to be careful with this stuff, right? Mm. We'll probably get shut down now, actually. Uh, sure. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't care. We've had a good run. We've had a year. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. That's another thing as well. When people are getting shut down for talking about alternative opinions, that's that's the biggest red flag there is there. That is bad. That is so be, bad. You should be allowed to talk about it. If you can't even mention certain words or speak up against certain people, it's like that woman who called Boris a liar the other day and she got kicked out. You should be allowed to call people on the bullshit. If you can't even have an open discussion and have two sides of an argument, where are you going? It's just a dictatorship. Exactly. And you're just being pushed along. So if you can't even, even if you have the most radical opinion ever, you should be allowed to say it as long as you're not li- literally hurting anyone. Okay? Or inciting violence. Inciting violence. <laughs> as long as you can have, you can hear both sides of an argument. If, exactly. if you're not being, but censorship is just crazy and it's just, it's everywhere now. So if you see censorship, that's a, a red flag that you're being led down the garden path, really. Yeah. As Desmond Tutu says, we should be able to have disagreeing opinions, but we still be friends. And that's the key. Surely that leads to proper solutions. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, don't eat shit meat. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of our discussion yeah. today. <laughs> but just, yeah, just, just be aware. Like, I think it's, it's very early days now, but if you listen to this, in the next couple of years, you just watch yeah. how much, watch how much adverts. Al- alternative meats there are. But have a look at, even if you just see them and you fancy them, look at the ingredients on the back. Um, yeah, not good. I won't be giving up my local butcher. Nah, exactly. I'll be out <gasps> killing got, animals in the field instead. We've got cockerel gate in our village at the moment. <laughs> What's happened? <laughs> so there's been a, a parish. Parish Council have issued uh, an edict that you're not allowed to have cockerels on your allotment anymore because people have been complaining about the noise. Oh, really? Oh, allotment owners aren't happy and the villagers aren't happy because, I mean, one of the guys breeds short chickens Mm. and he's like, how am I going to breed without a cockerel? So I thought in his house. They're kind of like integral to having a male. (laughs) I'm sure. To the eco structure, so yeah, so there's a big petition out. Oh my goodness! They do make a racket, like I must. I must they do make a racket, but yeah. I mean that's part of living out in the country, isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah. Allotments have had cockerels on for millennia. No. If there's been allotments around for millennia. I thought I thought you were going to say people were stealing them. Oh no, no, they're, uh... they're just not allowed to have them on the thing. Yeah, bad crack that. Okay, anyway, so enough of of our cockerel gate. And um, thank you for listening. If you've got anything to tell us, 
if you've tried any of these meat alternatives, let us know. Um, and um, yeah, you can find us on all the usual things and on my website. Please pass the pod if um, you've enjoyed listening to our ramblings. Yep, yeah, cool. Remember, we release new content every Monday. So thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you for listening. See you later. Bye.